0: Hello, faithful listeners, and welcome to The Kingdom Podcast. I'm your host, Kenneth Woodard. This podcast is prepared to help you study the kingdom of God and to get you into your predestined position as an heir in this kingdom through your relationship with Jesus Christ, the eternal king of the kingdom. You know, if you've ever had an encounter with God, ever, That was the most amazing experience, but encounters are supposed to flow from you as a daily course of action, and the only way that happens is that you live in and through the kingdom. Now, the message of this podcast every time I do this is urgent because the fact is that the way you study, practice, and become a part of the kingdom right now qualifies you for your level of authority later and throughout all of eternity so by applying the principles in this podcast correctly you will see transformations in the power of your personality the power of your prayers and the power of your prosperity now before jumping in I want to say a very sincere thank you to those of you who have sent a donation, who have sent sponsorships, and who have become paid subscribers. And if you are interested in becoming a paid subscriber to this podcast, you can do that easily by going to redcircle.com slash the dash kingdom dash podcast. From there you can find all of our podcasts you can find ways to donate and subscribe and when you subscribe you actually get additional bonus content every time we do a feature length podcast um the feature length version is available only to those who are paid subscribers and we do it with every podcast what that means is that you will have access to additional analysis personal stories, sometimes interviews, and survey results that you don't get with the regular podcast. Included with that is unlimited email support. Now, I encourage anyone who has a question or comment to email me at thekingdompodcaster at gmail.com. Again, it's thekingdompodcaster at gmail.com. But if you are a paid subscriber, I make sure that you get that quick response and unlimited email support questions answered and things like that. Um, and also, if you um, didn't follow those slashes and dashes when I gave the web address, feel free to just go to the uh, description on whatever platform you're listening to the, this podcast, and it will have a link there to um, my webpage. All right, let's uh, go ahead and jump right in. To this podcast. Now, every time I do a podcast, it's set up almost like a court case. So, you know, with a court case, you have one side um, and then you have another side. You have one side who has who is defending itself and then one side who um, is the accused. And so the accused and the accuser. And in every podcast I do is the kingdom of God in some way, fashion, some element of the kingdom of God. Versus the kingdom of darkness, some element, some group of people in the kingdom of darkness. So it's always gonna be light versus darkness. And in today's podcast, it's the case of the finger of God versus the people at Capernaum, okay? The kingdom of God versus the people at Capernaum. Now, before I get into the story or the account of what happened in Capernaum, uh, I just wanna lay down some uh, quick facts, some data. Uh, because we do get into kind of devils and demons in this podcast, uh, not too much. It's not a scary thing. Um, in fact, uh, let me let you know that the highest number of uh, recorded demons that Jesus cast out at any one time, uh, according to scripture, if you look at it one way, is 1,000. There was a man uh, at the, called the Gadarean man, and uh, he comes out and says that he has a legion of demons, um, and so that was a thousand, and Jesus easily and swiftly cast out all thousand of those demons. There's What makes that story interesting is that there's another gospel account, um, and sometimes gospel accounts give more details than others, but there's another gospel account that actually shows that there were two men uh, in, in the Gadarenes. So there was the main guy that had the thousand demons that was talking, but he had a friend. Uh, if he had a uh, you know, if the friend had a thousand demons too, then it could be the case that Jesus casted out two thousand demons at one time. We just don't know, uh, but we know that Jesus was able to cast out thousands of demons at a time, and that's important for you to know because uh, the casting out of demons uh, should be easy for those who are in the kingdom of God. In fact, that's a major gifting and it's a major power and it's a major part of the kingdom of God. We um, we know that the casting out of demons makes room for people on earth to know about the goodness of God. That's the whole thing behind casting out demons. And so Jesus did a lot of it because he came to show the goodness of God. In fact, he came and embodied the goodness of God. Jesus is Emmanuel, God with us. So he showed for us that, that goodness. And in today's story, is is really proof positive of how he did that. So we're in Luke chapter 11, verse 20. And in this uh, scripture, there was a man who could not talk. Okay. The Bible says he was mute. Just another way of saying he could not talk. And Jesus comes up to this man, points his finger at this man, uh, or at least it's intimated that he points his finger at the, the demon in this man. And then he says, you know, to this man, to the demon, that the demon must go. And so he cast out that demon and the man immediately begins to talk. Now, that's what Jesus did to advance the kingdom. He used his finger, pointed and said, go. That demon left and that man was able to talk again. Now, that's how Jesus advanced the kingdom on the other side of the of the equation was this was these these people who all watched what happened and there were different segments of people of course Jesus disciples were there they saw it they approved but then there was another group of people there who the bible say they were amazed at what Jesus did there was another segment of people there who the bible says were kind of annoyingly asking Jesus to do more signs and wonders. Oh, Jesus, do another trick, do another thing. So, you know, that probably got on his nerves. But it's this last group of people that I want to focus on. There were a group of people there who were critical of Jesus and what he had just did. I mean, he just healed a man who was not able to talk. And there was a group there who were critical. And and this is all happening in Capernaum. And so this group, what they said is that Jesus, and they literally said this out loud, right after Jesus did this miracle, there was a group of people that said Jesus was casting out these demons by Beelzebub. Huh? Beelzebub? Well, Beelzebub means the prince of demons. So they were literally saying that Jesus was casting out demons by the prince of demons. And yeah, that's, I mean, if you're still with me, that's kind of confusing, but kind of evil (laughs) at the same point. And so there were these people at Capernaum who said this. Now in response, Jesus said, a kingdom divided against itself cannot stand. If Satan is divided against himself, how will his kingdom stand? Then he says, by whom do your sons cast out demons? They will judge you. But if it is by the finger of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. I want to analyze, break down, and study this story because it is so important that we understand casting out devils, but also that we understand the repercussions that can happen, and how to address it. Now, let me give some definitions. There are two definitions that I want to give, two definitions. Each of these definitions has to do with the key component of both sides of this court case. On the side of the finger of God, this finger that Jesus used to cast out devils, the key term that I want to define is law enforcement. Law enforcement. On the other side of this court case, okay, because it's the finger of God versus the people at Capernaum. It's the people at Capernaum, and I want to define the word slander. Slander. Because those two things are what's going up against each other in this case. When you first read it, what comes to your mind right away may not be law enforcement and may not be slander, but let me define those terms and then you'll see where I'm going. So, First of all, Jesus used the finger of God, but he used it to cast out those devils. How was he able to do it? He was able to do it because he was enforcing a law. Okay? I want you to do something for me. Raise up your finger in the sky. Just Raise your finger up and say, the finger of God enforces the law. The finger of God enforces the law. This is important for us to get. Law enforcement is defined as this. Law enforcement compels observance to or obedience to the law. When the law is enforced, it compels obedience to the law. What was the law in this case? The law was that if anyone or any spirit steals from a child of God, there is a law that says you can kill or purge that evil person out of your midst. Where am I getting that? It's from Deuteronomy 24 and 7. It says, if a man is found stealing one of his brothers of the people of Israel, and if he treats him as a slave or sells him, then that thief shall die. So shall you purge the evil from your midst. Well, Jesus used his finger, pointed it, and said, hey, I'm enforcing the law here. You have stolen this man's speech. You're illegal. You must go. So Jesus enforced the law. That was the way he advanced the kingdom. Pointed his finger, the finger of God, and he enforced the law. On the other side of the equation, you have the people at Capernaum. And they did something called slander. What is slander? Slander. Slander is the utterance of a defamatory statement that is injurious to the reputation or well-being of a person. It is the utterance or words used to make statements that defame, okay? Defame is the opposite of fame. Like if you the way you treat someone famous is that you applaud them, you give them plaudits, you you praise them, you adore them. But to defame is to do the opposite of that. You detract from that person, you make them look worse in public, You you actually defame them, you dishonor them, you say evil things about them. And, and those things hurt that person's reputation. It hurts that person's well-being. It hurts what that person is doing. So these people slandered Jesus by saying he was working for the devil, and they actually undercut his ministry in Capernaum. Here's proof that what the people at Capernaum were doing had a net negative effect. There's another scripture in the Bible where it says that Jesus was not able to do many miracles in Capernaum, because the people did not believe. And so because these people were slandering Jesus and slandering him by saying, oh, you're operating, you're able to cast out demons because you work for the prince of demons, that was so evil. And it actually had an impact in that region because people began to believe this false narrative about Jesus and they actually could not be healed. And that is tragic. And if you want to know where that's found, it's Matthew 13, 58, where it said Jesus could not do many miracles there because of their unbelief. Part of that has to do with the public opinion at the time. The public opinion was that some people believed Jesus, but the public in in Capernaum, many of them thought that he might be working for the devil, which is what kind of harmed his ministry in that area. And so you see that from that scripture. So it really is. I mean, it it really is a, a powerful power move. Is a is a power move, it's a, it's a power move with, with with Jesus on the one side using the finger of God, and it was a power move on the other side with the people of Capernaum defaming and slandering Jesus unfairly. The other thing that the people at Capernaum were using is the they were illegally abusing a scripture. I believe if you look at Proverbs eight fifteen through 16, it says, By me, this is wisdom speaking, By wisdom, kings reign and rulers decree what is just. By me, princes rule and nobles and all who govern the earth justly. And so it's by the use of wisdom that you can govern the earth justly, that you can make decrees as a king. But these people were slandering. They were making decrees out of their mouth, uttering out of their mouth, About Jesus, but they weren't doing it justly. They were actually doing it foolishly. The opposite of wisdom is foolishness. And they were making foolish statements out of their mouth and thereby decreeing something that was unjust. And it had a negative impact on those people. More people would have gotten healed in Capernaum had these people not slandered. And so let's look at three questions for this case study. Question number one, how was the kingdom of God being advanced? Question number two, how was the advancement of the kingdom of God being opposed by the kingdom of darkness? And question number three, what was the kingdom of God's response to that opposition? By answering those three questions, it will lay out plainly for us, a transcript of how the kingdom of God overcomes adversity. The final question, which I'm actually going to get to in the full feature uh, version of this podcast, so only our paid subscribers will get this, is how can you apply the principles that we gain from those first three questions to your life? And I'll also give a story about how I've applied it to my life. Question number one, again, is how was the kingdom of God advancing in this case study? It was advancing by the finger of God. The finger of God is not something that Jesus just flippantly threw out uh, when he said, you know, when I cast out demons by the finger of God, the, the, the kingdom of God has come upon you. The finger of God has a place, a notable place in scripture Um, If you uh, have ever listened to or read any literature from Dr. Kevin Zadai, he brought out this point that when Jesus uh, said, it's by the finger of God that I cast out devils, he brought out the point that uh, God actually used his finger to write the law, and then Jesus used his finger to enforce the law in this case. If you go back to Deuteronomy, you'll see that the second time the tablets were written God actually wrote them with his very own finger. So he wrote the law. Jesus uses that same finger, the finger of God, the finger of God to enforce the law. Once the law is written, it can be enforced. And so he enforces the law. And it's interesting that what Jesus says is if I, by the finger of God, cast out demons, and the kingdom of God has come upon you. He equates the casting out of demons by the finger of God with the manifestation of the kingdom. So if you want to know what the kingdom looks like, it looks like the casting out of demons. That's very important. So how was the kingdom advancing? It was advancing by the casting out of demons by the finger of God. Number two, how was the kingdom of God being opposed. It was being opposed by the misinformation campaign of the people at Capernaum. Namely, they were using a tactic of misinformation called slander. A terrible thing. It's like calling out somebody's mama, you know, making fun of their mama. It's just like the worst thing you do is to call someone the opposite of what they really are. Especially someone who like Jesus, who, you know, Jesus was sinless. He did everything by the will and according to the will and way of God. And they came and slandered him and said, he's doing things by the devil. I mean, it, it actually is a really egregious thing, sin that they did. But the, what makes them, what makes this a part of this equation is that when they slandered Jesus, they did it out in the open in front of the public. And what it did was it swayed public opinion away from Jesus. The kingdom of heaven wins its battles, both in the heavens where where angels decimate and fight demons, where the spirit of God clears an area of demons. But the kingdom of God also wins in the court of public opinion. In other words, the kingdom of God wins when the good news of the kingdom is being spread. And people are realizing that the kingdom of God heals, saves, renews, delivers, restores. Uh, it, It does all of those things. And so these people were lying on Jesus to actually shift the public opinion about Jesus. And it had a tremendous shift in that Jesus could not do many miracles. But what's important to look at is question number three. And so we're going to get into this a little bit. Question three is, how did the kingdom approach that opposition? So these people slandered Jesus. What did Jesus do? What did Jesus do to come against that slandering? Well, he used the art of argumentation. Sometimes you have to prove to people that you're doing the right thing. Jesus did it all the time. He said, listen, if you don't believe me for my word's sake, believe me for my work's sake, that people who were blind are now healed and they can see. That the people who were dead are now raised. Jairus's daughter, Lazarus, etc. So Jesus would defend his ministry. And in this case, he defended his ministry using argumentation. This is very important because if someone has a question in their mind, wait wait a minute, is Jesus doing this by Beelzebub? You want to clear that question up by proving that that's not true. How did Jesus do that? He, he pointed out that what these people were saying was absurd. He said, how can a kingdom divided against itself stand? How can I work for the devil and cast out thousands of devils? Here's the thing. When you cast out devils, the only option that's left is that people are ready and open to realize the goodness of God. Wherever demons are cast out, the goodness, the knowledge of the goodness of God is available for people to grab hold of forever. Like this man who Jesus healed. Okay, he healed him. He couldn't talk. He cast a demon out. That guy is always going to believe in God because this tremendous happened at the hand, this tremendous miracle happened at the hand of Jesus. And so that's, so Jesus' approach was to point out what you're saying is absurd. If I was working for the devil and casting out the devil, where, I mean, because when you cast out the devil and you build your life on faith in God, there's no room for the devil. So he can't build his kingdom. Literally, his kingdom just went down a notch. Every time a demon is cast out, the devil's kingdom goes down a notch, many notches. And so, you, you, I mean, that, that wouldn't work. But then Jesus gives another argument that was even better, I think. And he said, he said, now, who by whom do your sons cast out devils? So what you may not realize is that right before this event happened, where Jesus cast out this this demon from this mute man, and then they say it's by the devil. Right before this happened, Jesus, read it in your Bible, he actually had 12 disciples, but he actually had another group that was 70 disciples. You always hear about the 12, you rarely hear about the 70. But it's powerful to look at what Jesus had with the 70. He sent the 70 disciples out, two by two, and he told them, wherever you go, go into a house, bless the house. If they receive you, heal those people, cast out the devils. And when they came back after that adventure, they said, Jesus, we are amazed. This is Luke chapter 10, that all the demons were subject to your name. So these people were casting out devils, these 70. Here's what's interesting. Those 70 people went out from Capernaum. In fact, they were young people. They were the sons of of the people who were calling Jesus, um, who were slandering Jesus saying that he was doing this by the prince of devils, Beelzebub. Those same people who were saying that, it was their sons who who had just came back from a campaign of casting out devils. And when they came back, they were excited. They probably said, you know, I went into this house and they blessed us. I went into this house. Someone was healed of blindness. I went into this house. Someone who was crippled began to walk and all of this glorified God, and those people fell in love with God so much, and they knew that the name of Jesus worked in all of this, and so these sons were proclaiming God. Now, these people who were making this slanderous, uh, who were slandering Jesus and making these accusations, they were not prepared to say that their own sons were following the devil, and if their own sons are not following the devil, then by extension, neither is Jesus. Because they were getting their authority to cast out devils from Jesus, who got it from his father, God. So if you can't say that your sons are casting out devils by Beelzebub, neither am I. And by laying that out, he basically called them hypocrites. (laughs) They weren't willing to say that their own sons were doing that. And they know they weren't, because you know, they were closer to them. They knew that they were following God. They just didn't know Jesus. There was that six degrees of separation. And so because they didn't know Jesus or because they didn't want to know Jesus, it was easier for them to slander him. So now you know how the kingdom was advancing, what opposed the kingdom and how Jesus addressed it. Finally, I want to talk to you about how you can apply these principles to your life. In order to get that I want to meet you on the other side of this podcast, the bonus content so that you have the full feature. I'm actually going to talk about something that happened with me where I was operating in the kingdom of God, casting out demons and in a teacher's lounge. I used to be a teacher in a teacher's lounge. A teacher began to slander the work that I was doing. And I want to know, I want you to know how that resulted and also how this can be applied to your life. So meet me on the other side of this podcast. Thank you for joining us. This has been the Kingdom Podcast. May God be with you.